Hi there. Thanks for listening to the Curiosity for Better Learning podcast, where we talk with educators, researchers, and thought leaders about top of mind topics in the K-12 education space. We hope you take away evidence-backed insights from cutting-edge research, practical ideas you can try in the classroom today, and questions that inspire your own exploration to learn more, awakening your professional curiosity. My name is Kerry Budinger. I'm one of the co-hosts for McRell's Curiosity Podcast. For listeners who may not know McRell, we are a research-based education nonprofit. We use evidence from what really works in schools to help increase educator expertise, student achievement, and school success. I've been working at McRell for three years. I'm a former high school teacher, and now I support business development through sales and marketing. And I'm Dallas Duncan. I've formerly worked in the children's and young adult publishing space. And two and a half years ago, I joined up with McCrell to help lead our marketing and content development efforts. We've got a great topic coming up all around student motivation. We'll be speaking with former teacher, current award-winning author and educational consultant, Cheryl Abla. But before we get into today's topic, what's in it for me, engaging students in their learning, Cheryl, I'll give you the floor to now introduce yourself. Thank you, Dallas. I appreciate that. I, um, just a little bit about myself, I taught grades first through 12th with the exception of second grade. Um, One of the grades I just quite didn't get to. I've taught in Missouri and East Kansas, West Kansas, and Colorado. So I've also worked at the district level in early childhood and around the birth to four age group for programs. And currently for the past eight years, I've been at McRell and I get to go into schools and see what's working and then just simply help them be the best they can be. Awesome. I didn't realize you've been with McRell for eight years. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. Yeah. Yes. Also, I heard that uh, Kansas, Missouri. So like represent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's where I'm from. Yep. All right. Brown border, Kansas City. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I started in Missouri, so that's where, where I started too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so we always have icebreakers for our guests. Uh, Dallas has one and I have one. So Dallas, yeah. why don't you go first? Absolutely. So first icebreaker for you, uh, you travel a lot for work as we've just talked about. Um, but where do you like to travel for fun? Well, I currently love traveling to North Carolina because I have a new granddaughter, yes. a grandchild. <laughs> so um, that has become my number one go-to spot. I also have a daughter that lives in Canada by Ottawa. So that's probably my second. Awesome. And then um, I grew up in Oklahoma where all my family still remains. And I love going there just to see all my nieces and nephews and brothers yeah. and sisters and, um, and my mother. So yeah. Um, those are my favorite go-to places right now. A little far and wide, which yeah. is nice. <laughs> <laughs> they, they definitely are. Yeah. So my icebreaker is one of my favorite questions. What's got you curious these days? That is a great question. And I have, I always have tons of things that I am curious about and I'm easily can go down, you know, 
well with, hmm, I wonder about that and that and that. Mm-hmm. And, and I always had a wonder wall in my classroom and I would contribute to it as well as my students, whatever grade I had at the time. And um, I would think if I currently right now, I think it's all around um, pandemics and yeah. COVID. What will winter and fall, you know, hold for us? And, um, you know, what are the changes coming again um, in our world or not? Or have we learned enough that we will, if another wave comes, that we've got it figured out and we'll be okay? So I think that's currently at the moment. (laughs) Like I said, it changes all the time, but um, that's the one currently. 100%. It's like the question that affects everything in life. So I was going to say, I think a lot of people are curious about the same thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, But you mentioned a wonder wall. Never heard of that before. Can you tell me a little bit more? Yes. Well, a lot of times when you're teaching content, a student will ask a question that could be far out there to the right or left, not really (laughs) where you're at in the content. So I just always would say, go, look, that's a great question. Let's go put that over on the wonder wall. And then whenever there was five minutes, 10 minutes somewhere um, open in time, then I always had a couple students who were researchers and we would see if we could Google it. We could, we find it to get in. A lot of times we would just create more questions. So yeah, that's really add, cool. <laughs> add more to the wonder wall. But um, I, with my last group of students, they were, sixth graders and we did a whole study on pandemics and it's so funny because now they're 22 and (laughs) (laughs) and they're like gosh miss abel i had no idea we would be living through one when we you know started studying about this so anyway yeah and they already did the research so they were way (laughs) ahead of the rest of us (laughs) they were (laughs) <laughs> they came on a plane. Yeah, know, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yes. I absolutely love that. I know when I was teaching, I wasn't sure how to fill those few last minutes before yeah. packing up and moving classes. That is an awesome idea. And yeah. I told Brian in a different podcast episode that there are things I learned at McRell that I wish I had done when I was in the classroom. And it's so, it inspires me to go back, but at the same time, want to stay at McRell. So you've added to my list. So thank you yep. for that. Wonderful. I say that all the time when I'm in classrooms, I'm like, oh my goodness, I am adding that. To my because I'm like, that's the best idea ever. A really funny one that I, heard, uh, that I saw the other day was just a picture of an ear on the wall so of course i'm like hey tell me what does this ear mean and she's like well when somebody wants to tattle it was i think it was first or second grade they would just go over and tell the ear oh my goodness oh i love that (laughs) (laughs) like add that one too always i mean i rarely leave a classroom that i'm like seeing something new and going that is an excellent idea so (laughs) learning (laughs) Boundless creativity. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the the big question for today, everyone knows the phrase, what's in it for me, but how can educators use this concept to boost student engagement and just help students overall? I think starting with that question um, and relevance to why are we here? And when I'm working with with teachers, even um, helping them understand we don't go to meetings. We don't want to go to PD. We don't, if we have no 
And, you know, what's, what's, what am I going to take away from this? Could this have been an email? Could this, am I really good? Is this worth my time to pay attention? And what's, what's the outcome? And honestly, what's going to be different as a result of this time that we're working together. So I think that help it, if for us to understand it, how it impacts us, then students are no different. When they walk in the door, they really want to know, what do I need to know today? What am I going to be able to do as a result of this learning? And when will I use this? What, how is this relevant to my life? And, and helping them understand that, I think, is very key to the engagement piece and getting buy-in to want to pay attention. So something we all should think about in crafting our lessons. And I think it's important because that question can be used at all levels, education and not, that if you are working with other people, it's important to understand what they get out of it. And so I love that McGraw focuses on that because I've seen it across some of our professional learning and we call it WIFM for short instead of what's in it for me. Um, so I'm really glad that we're touching on this topic today. Yeah. And so I know that you work with teachers all over the country on effective teaching and learning. Is the advice that you would give new teachers different from what you would say to veteran teachers? A little bit, but not completely. That that doesn't I mean it's kind of an oxymoron there, but um, I, I think it all goes back to relationships. You have to, kids have to know you care uh, about them before they care about what you have to teach them. So they relationships are key. And, and I say, regardless of what you teach or, I mean, my PE teachers, my coaches, whoever's in my, my session at the time, there, there are key things you have to be able to have in place. And, and a lot of times I had a lady the other day um, that I was working with in a PD, she had been in um She's like, I've been in 40 different, um, I've been in education for 40 years. And, and she was just so sweet. But she's like, this is the best one I've ever had. I got so many takeaways. You, I just, you know, anyway, I was like, it was so sweet. I was holding back the tears. But here she's been in education for 40 years. So the relevance of good, strong teaching relationships, um, procedures, in a classroom, you know, I always say you could have the best Pinterest, cute little room and the best, you know, objectives and success criteria. But if you can't get, well, if you can't engage the kids for one thing, but if you don't have procedures in place, it doesn't really matter what your objectives and success criteria are because you've got to start it. Everybody knows where everything is from the minute you walk in the door. So there's not a missed second of learning. So really purposeful and purposeful planning for learning. And, um, making it enjoyable. I say, if we're not having fun as educators, our students are definitely not having fun. So if you're going to, you know, get, try to get some buy-in on dividing those fractions, you've got to make it relevant. When am I going to use this and how, and then try to craft your lesson so that they can actually apply that new learning and see the benefit of, of knowing it. And goes back to procedures, the importance of, 
an active, there's like an active hum in a classroom that I've been, I've recorded before when I'm, you know, I'm doing walkthroughs and, and there's that hum of learning where everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing. And it's on task, um, engagement's high. You can see the wheels turning, um, the questions being asked to one another and just helping teachers understand from brand new um, because there's so many new teachers out there right now because so many left <laughs> during COVID. So, so many don't even have, you know, a teaching background. They're on emergency certificates. So working with new teachers on those basics of procedures, your room placement, where your desks are, how are they grouped? How, you know, if they're, if they don't have a pencil, can you just have pencils sharpened and ready to go? save a lot of minutes just by having a little thing prepared for them. So, so I think that to answer your question, Carrie, um, yes, it looks, it can be different because they've been in it for a long time. And it's like, yeah, I know to have my pencils sharpened and every second and, you know, but then there's always like, Oh, do you give a student survey at the beginning of the year to really get to know your students? How do they learn best? What are they passionate about? What are they curious about? You know, just some basic two or three questions. And it's like, I've never thought to do that. So you never know. Um, when you have an audience of people or you're working with a small group of teachers, you don't know what they do know until you you ask or you share and and you always hope that they take away something new to apply. Thanks for listening in. This concludes part one of our two-part episode. What's in it for me? Engaging students in their learning. Be sure to subscribe to the Curiosity for Better Learning podcast. So you can check out part two of our discussion the moment it's published. Also, if today's topic has sparked your curiosity and you want to learn more, visit mccrell.org slash podcast. There you'll find links to all of our full-length episodes, as well as free related resources like blog posts, infographics, videos, and more to help you use these strategies and insights to accomplish your own classroom goals for the year. Thank you for all that you do. Until next time, stay curious.